Hello and welcome to the Art of Health podcast, where we dive deep into the art of unlocking your true potential and transforming your health, aesthetics and performance. I'm your host, Marie Steffen, health and fitness coach with over a decade of experience in this field. And in this podcast, I'll be sharing my personal best tips, valuable insights and the wisdom gained from coaching thousands of people just like you. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Art of Health podcast. I discussed 12 potential reasons for short-term weight fluctuations in one of my last podcast episodes, which I link below in case you missed it. And in today's episode, I want to address eight potential reasons why your weight is stagnating. And by stagnating, I mean why your weight doesn't move anymore at all for the last two to four weeks. This is how I define a plateau. Everything below that time frame isn't really a plateau because sometimes a caloric deficit and certain behaviors just need to accumulate or your period might occur and that's why your weight hasn't been conclusive for the last one or two weeks. Everyone who listened to my previous episode and uses my app knows now that your cycle can lead to temporary water retention, which can hide an actual lower weight. So as we have defined the term plateau, let's dive into its underlying reasons so that you can move on and keep making the progress you aim for. Because I understand that weight stagnation is frustrating, but there's always a reason for it. And in today's episode, we will discover eight most common reasons I see with clients when they're on their weight loss journey. Reason number one, you're eating more or simply aren't in a caloric deficit. I'm addressing this first because people often get the laws of physics wrong regarding fat loss. That's why I expand on this one for a second to ensure we are all on the same page. The main requirement for fat loss to occur is a caloric deficit, meaning you have to eat less than your energy expenditure. It is a straightforward equation. For example, if you spend about 2000 calories a day and eat 1,700 calories, you are in a caloric deficit. But we need to ensure that this deficit is not too big or too little. If the deficit is too big, the likelihood of adherence decreases. If the deficit is too small, your progress might be so slow that motivation decreases. And I won't go into too much detail here and can just tell you that a good deficit to start with is around 15 to 20% of your maintenance calories, aka the calorie intake where you would maintain your weight. Again, this is a more complex topic and is very individual. That's why I'm just mentioning this percentage as a general guideline. But my main message was that a caloric deficit is key to losing body fat. But what most people do instead is searching for dieting programs that often, I'm not saying all of them, work with other types of restrictions, like cutting out carbs or cutting out time in which you're eating, like fasting protocols, etc. If someone loses weight with a certain style of dieting, 
It is simply because they are in a caloric deficit, but not because of the time-restricted eating per se or because the person didn't eat carbs anymore. Eating in normal time intervals or eating carbs won't make you fat. This is just another form of creating a deficit. But I'm always looking at whether this type of restriction is necessary. Or in other words, what way of eating allows the person to adhere to the deficit in the easiest and most effortless way. So you might think cutting out carbs is necessary to lose weight, but it's not. A caloric deficit is necessary. You can eat your carbs, you can even eat chocolate and lose weight if you match the deficit. Only eating chocolate wouldn't make it easy because it won't keep you satiated for a long time. But allowing no sugar at all in your diet might lead you to quit faster because it's not a realistic long-term way to live. I just want to convey the message, make sure to focus on the most important component to reach your goal and don't make it harder than necessary. Now you're probably thinking, how do I know if I'm in a caloric deficit? It's very simple. By tracking your calories and observing the trend of your average weekly body weight. Is it decreasing over the course of four to six weeks or it might be stagnating or increasing? When it's stagnating, you are eating at your maintenance calories. Or when increasing, you are probably in a caloric surplus. The next question you probably ask yourself is, how can I figure out my goal calories for fat loss? Here are two options for you to go for. First, you're typing into Google, how many calories should I eat for fat loss? And there probably will pop up a calorie calculator. And then you can go for trial and error. Or the second option is to use my app, which calculates the optimal caloric deficit for you and continues to adjust your calories weekly based on your weight progress. My app ensures that the deficit is not too big or too small, which has been a big problem for many people who were relying on recommendations from tracking apps, for example. I think tracking apps are a great tool to use for the function of tracking your food, but the function of calorie recommendation is very, very poor and not always the intake that you should go for. To summarize the first point, eating healthy isn't guaranteeing weight loss. A caloric deficit is a prerequisite. And if you are eating according to the right caloric deficit in a way that you can adhere to for a long time, you will see your weight dropping. And the formula that works best for my clients is creating a deficit that is big enough to see progress but not too big to risk extreme cravings and muscle loss and allowing them to eat joyful foods like cookies and chocolate, having a glass of wine so that it makes up roughly 20% of the intake and eating around 80% of their intake from unprocessed or minimal processed foods that satiates them for a long time. I recommend you focus on that and not on testing the next keto diet, for example. Let's move on with the second reason. You think you are in a deficit, but you're not. So double check your caloric intake. Did you snack more or consume calorie dense drinks? It's easy to overlook extra calories from snacking or beverages like lattes or alcohol. Being mindful of these habits can help you understand unexpected weight changes. Reason number three, your metabolism slowed down. Here, I want you to be 
careful because there have been happening many self-diagnoses. People love to self-diagnose themselves to have an excuse for why a certain thing doesn't work for them so that they don't even need to put in the work. I'm sorry, but this definitely won't bring you any closer to your goal. 90% of the people that say their metabolism is broken don't have a broken metabolism. I'm just saying that for your good. I don't want you to put a stamp on you too quickly because those people are also the ones that try out all these crash diets. So let's clarify the myth of a broken metabolism first. A metabolism can slow down, but it can't break. That means no matter what you just heard, good news from me, because if your metabolism really slowed down, you can reverse it. And if you thought your metabolism slowed down, but it's actually not the case, then great, your metabolism is healthy, you just haven't figured out the right way to lose weight. Now, how do you know if your metabolism has slowed down? To find that out, there are two key questions to ask yourself. First, did you eat in a very extreme deficit, like below 1,400 calories for many months or even years? And second, Do you know if your weight doesn't react anymore? Did you weigh yourself consistently? If not, you can't say if something worked or not. You might say, I feel like I didn't lose weight, but I'm saying then, okay, I get it, but a feeling is not a fact. So people who have slowed their metabolism have been extremely restrictive for many, many months or years. And if that's the case for you, then there is only one way out, going out of the deficit for a while and maybe trying another fat loss phase once your metabolism has recovered. But I'm not going into the really detailed process of the so-called reverse diet right now. But still, if you want to reverse your slowed metabolism, you can do so with the guidance of my app where you can choose from three goals, fat loss, maintenance or recomposition, and muscle building reverse diet. The last one would be the way to go for you. If you're still not sure whether or not your metabolism slowed down, you can find out with the help of my free goal guide, which I link in the show notes and in the description below this video. The reason number four for your weight stagnation is you're not measuring weight progress the right way. To draw a concrete conclusion about your methods, I recommend weighing yourself three times per week without clothes on an empty stomach in the morning and then looking at your weekly average weight that shows you a relevant trend of your weight progress. Of course, your weight isn't the only indicator for progress, but it's still the easiest to measure and shows you if you're on the right path for your goal, whether it's fat loss, building muscle or maintaining your weight. Otherwise, you're just trying random things without tracking the outcome and make assumptions about whether the method works. It's like throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing what sticks. So that's not the most efficient way to get to your goal. Reason number five, you gained muscle. Building muscle can result in weight gain because muscle weighs more than fat. You may have started working out and changing your diet and look different, more muscular and defined, but your weight is the same or has even increased. That is because muscle mass weighs more than fat, especially people that just started working out or started working out consistently with a certain amount of effort can build muscle and lose fat simultaneously. I call this phase 
the honeymoon phase because building muscle tends to be much faster in the beginning than later in your training career. Otherwise, we would build muscle forever and look like Hulk at one point. So how do you know if you build muscle? You can identify muscle growth via form pictures, for example. So if you did a before picture, you can compare it with an after photo or by looking at your strength gains. If you got significantly stronger, it's also an indicator of muscle growth. There are also scales that can measure your body composition, but they are not 100% reliable. Reason number six, you are moving less. Significant changes in your activity level can impact your weight. If you have been consistently moving less, such as walking fewer steps, your daily energy expenditure decreases, specifically your NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. The calories you burn daily are made of different components, such as the energy spent by your organs and brain function, the energy spent during your training, and the thermic effect of food, which is the energy expended when your body digests food and absorbs nutrients. The energy you spend while moving and isn't considered a sports activity has a significant impact on your calorie expenditure and can make up more than you actually burn during a workout. That explains why your weight might react a certain way if you suddenly walk much more on average or much less. Okay, we have reached our seventh reason. You are chronically stressed. Stress, particularly chronic stress, can contribute to water retention and hinder fat loss progress because of the rise in cortisol. When you are constantly in a fight or flight mode, the signal that your body gets is to survive. Surviving means being resourceful with energy, therefore not wasting calories. I experienced this phenomenon with some clients in the past too, when they were always stressed during work or whatever caused it, And once they were on holiday, for example, the weight suddenly dropped. But how the body responds to stress is very different. And causes of stress can be very different too, like poor sleep, relationship stress, work stress, too much training or too big of a caloric deficit is also stress. That's why I integrate the function in my app to plan diet breaks. I recommend incorporating diet breaks, for example, when you hit a plateau in your fat loss phase, because eating for a few weeks on your maintenance calories can sometimes do the trick so that your body is no longer in survival mode. And the eighth potential long-term cause for unexplainable weight gain could be hormonal imbalances such as PCOS, estrogen dominance or thyroid diseases. If you experience symptoms that match these diseases, I advise you to get your blood work checked by a doctor. All right, guys, I know this was a lot. So to wrap this episode up, I will list all the potential reasons why you're not losing weight again. First, you are not in a caloric deficit. The second reason, you think you are in a caloric deficit, but you're not. Reason number three, your metabolism slowed down. Or four, you are not measuring weight progress the right way. Reason number five, you gained muscle. Or reason number six, you might be moving less. 
And seventh reason, you're chronically stressed. And potential reason number eight, you have hormonal issues. Let me know if you have identified one or multiple of the mentioned reasons for your fat loss plateau and if you have any questions in the comments below this video. Next time you will hear from me again with a What Would Marie Do episode in which I'm giving one of my listeners fitness related questions my best advice. I hope this episode was helpful to you. If so, please support me by subscribing to this channel and sharing this episode with your friends, followers or family. And leaving a positive rating for the podcast allows me to create more valuable content for you. Thank you for tuning in today. Stay strong, flexy and healthy.